new to the church, you don't realize, I just had surgery on my wrist, and this is phenomenal that I was able to do this right now and not have a sling and cast and all that on there, even though my wife tells me I overdo it all the time. But that being said, we're so thankful that you're here with us this morning. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, man, you look good. Now look at the other neighbor and say, I think you look good. <laughs> but anyway, we're so ecstatic that you're here with us. I know we got all these kids in costumes. They're ready for one thing and one thing only. Are you ready to hear what they're ready for? Candy. Girl, hey, kids, are you ready for some candy? We're so excited that we get to have this again this year. Last year was such a great turnout, and this year we're expecting even more families to come through the church. But I just want to remind everybody what we have going on in the church. Um, on Tuesdays at noon, we meet here in the sanctuary for prayer time, where we ask God to do the impossible because we serve a God that all it takes is just one voice, one whisper of His words, and everything changes. And that's what we're really pursuing after. It's not anything for our glory, anything for our honor, not anything for a label or anything, but we're asking God to do what He wants to do. You know, when I took the call to be a pastor, I said, God, I don't want it to be my power or my steam. I want you to go with me. And He's been with me this whole ride, and I'm so thankful. And that's what we do on Tuesdays at noon. We ask for God to do the impossible and to see lives transformed in the community, to see our country become a fire for Him yet again, and to see Him get the glory. Can I get an amen? And then on Wednesdays, we have our Family Life Night, our midweek services, where we have youth group, we have Bible study, we're trying to get our, our kids' church going back up again, because... You know, I was doing the kids' church, and you know I love doing whatever it takes to give all glory to God, but I can't do everything. Can I get an amen to that too? But we're working on it, and we're trying to make it going because we want to know God's Word and put it in our hearts so that it'll be a light that will not let us stumble and fall. So if you're free on Tuesdays at noon, come join us and pray. If you're not and you're stuck at work or you're stuck at home at noon at your house, just agree in prayer that God will do what he wants to. And if you're free on Wednesdays, come on out at 6 p.m. It's for an hour where we get to just go in and just be in his presence and learn about who he is. That being said, are you guys ready? The clock on the back wall is horribly wrong. It's telling me it's only 11.05. Siri's telling me something completely different this morning. But if you have your Bibles, will you turn with me to Romans chapter 8? You know what? Last week, while you guys are doing that, I missed every single one of you. As you know, we weren't feeling good, so I was just like, okay, I guess I got to rest. Sometimes the Lord lets us have rest, and it's for a purpose. But yet, the whole time I was resting, he kept speaking this one verse into my heart. And I said, God, where am I going with this? And he says, just get ready. So I'm just going to tell you, while well, you're turning for it, just get ready. If you got it, go ahead and say, I got it. If you don't got it, say, I don't got it. That's a lot of I don't got it. If you don't have your Bible and you don't got it, just read the screens for me this morning. And it says, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Jesus Christ and, the law of, uh, and from the law of sin and death. 
For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do, by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, He condemned the sin and the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Father God, You've been messing with my mind all week, and let me just articulate the words you want it to be to these people here this morning. Let it have an ability to go into itchy ears, Lord, so that they might hear it and understand that you have something so much greater for them right here, right now, in these moments, before we even get to go out and get hot dogs and candy, God. We, we ask that you just let it go into our hearts and minister to us so that we might go away a little different today, God. Because we don't come into the house to go out to sin. We come into the house so that you can do your work in our lives to make us something greater. Lord, touch us and be with us. Touch me, get me out of the way. Holy Spirit, use my words and my my stammering lips, Lord, to be the edification that you need for this body, Lord. And I praise you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. And everybody said? You know what? I love that scripture. Because in it, there's a promise that we can find. And the promise was that, that, that God has a greater plan for every single one of us if we would just let it sink in. You see, that promise is the fact that we have a Savior and His name is Jesus. Jesus is such an awesome, awesome, gracious, mightyful, powerful God that we get to love on because He was willing to put on this flesh. This same thing that we encounter every single day and moment in our lives, and yet he was willing to walk in complete obedience to God's will and command. You see, what I was struggling with this week, though, was where we're at in our lives. You see, the scripture was telling me that God has a great plan, that we're all free through Christ Jesus because he loves us. But he had to do something that that we ourselves could not do. That we ourselves could not even grasp or connect with. I mean, it says that the law was weakened by the flesh. Not that the law was weakened, but we couldn't achieve it because of the weakness within us. And I, I think it's so interesting that today, of all days, as God was telling me to speak this, is almost Halloween, where, where all the kids get to dress up. How many of us can remember dressing up in a Halloween costume? Come on, be real. Come on, pull them up right there. What was your best costume ever? I want to hear this. Ready? One, two, three, go. I heard Scooby-Doo, He-Man, and all these other things. Jaleesa's got her hand up. What do you got back there, Jaleesa? A ninja turtle. Naruto. You see, we all loved Halloween as kids, and I know the young ones still love it. I know you like being Spider-Man, don't you, Timmy? And one of the things that I loved about Halloween that we all do is the fact that we get to dress up in something that we are truly not, and we get to pretend for a little bit. My kids, they love their Halloween costumes every year because they don't wear it just one time. Let me tell you, I've had Anna and Elsa in my house probably going on four years now. And they go around the house, Anna and Elsa, every single day for probably a good solid four months until I wash the costume. 
They get a little stinky. I'll just be real. Come on, can we just be hot, humble, open, and transparent? I mean, we're not, we're not always the best things in the world, right? But Halloween is a great time because what it does is it allows us to act like we have something that we're not. And let alone, we go around going, what do we say? We say trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. <laughs> we're not saying about underwear, sorry, no, 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 no. We got to keep it church appropriate in the church here. Come on, guys. But in all reality, it shows us where we're at today in our lives. I'll tell you what, me and my wife went out Halloween Christmas or Halloween costume shopping last minute yesterday. Can I just say, I am, I'm a last minute shopper. Who else is last minute shoppers? Thank you, Tyler, for being the authentic one. <laughs> but here's the fun part about it all. We were walking around and we saw the adults doing the same thing that the kids are doing in the world today. They were walking around trying to find the best costume so they could go to the best party and just pretend for one moment that they aren't who they say they are. But that's what the scripture is talking about today. It's talking about us being real and understanding the impact of why we even need Jesus in our lives in the first place. You see, Jesus walked the earth perfectly, fulfilling everything that God had said to do because we couldn't do it. Because we have this thing called weakness within our own flesh that we constantly battle with. Let me tell you right now, I got something back here that I keep having a complete weakness for all the time. The commercials say it all the time that I need to have these whenever I get into a bad mode. Do you know what that is? A snicker bar. You know, they'd say, you got, a, you got a crabby mood? Get you a snicker bar. It makes you better. Yeah. No, no, no. Better yet, I need a payday. Come on, give me a payday. I need a, well, I need more than just this kind of payday. Come on, can I get an amen to that too? <laughs> but we have weaknesses, and we're always constantly looking for things that will gratify this weakness. Paydays are great because they satisfy my stomach for two seconds, but then what happens? That sugar goes through my system, and all of a sudden I start feeling that crash, and I'm looking for a cup of coffee just to lift me up a little longer. But what I'm really finding is that in my life, as I grow older, that I've learned that I can't always go to my first choice of sugar. Sugar's great. Sugar's got power. It gets me a little excited. It gets my heart beating a little bit more but then I crash. That's the same weakness that we keep encountering in our lives every single moment that, that, that Paul, as he was writing Romans, was talking about. It's the weakness of the flesh that we always are battling against. And what God is trying to really make us awaken up to is the fact that the weakness was only something that, that, that provides us with a true understanding that we are truly needing something even greater. You see, the scripture says there's a weakness within us against the law. The law, when we read about it in the Old Testament, was perfect. It was perfect. God had it set up. He spoke it. If he didn't say it like he, didn't mean, like he meant it to be, it was perfect. Because everything that God does is good. Can you say God is good? 
And if he says that it's good, and the law was perfectly good, and had a perfectly good reason, but the problem that we encounter is this thing called sin. Sin is this desire to do something that gratifies ourselves, like me going for a payday, or for you to go for your Twix, or your Twizzler bars, or whatever kind of candy you want this morning. But what I found that God was saying was, as it was even in the weakness, God is still trying to speak to us today. God knew that we weren't going to be able to measure up to the law, even though we would try our hardest to try to earn grace, try to earn our reward, try to earn everything, and we would find ourselves stumbling left and right all over the place. But what God was trying to show us to understand is that in our weakness... We can be made strong if we would come to the awarenesses of what our weaknesses are. See, some of us need to understand that we need to put on the humility of what God is asking us by really taking a self-examining look about our weaknesses. Some of us have a weakness where we have doubt in our lives and a discouragement and all that we do. I don't measure up, so I'm not worthy. That's what a lot of people say. And what God says in the Word is, you're worthy and you're more valuable. Otherwise, I would have never sent Jesus for you. Some of us have been doubting our, our, our purpose. You see, we live in a world where everybody's telling me that, that everything's got a purpose and everything's got a reason and if it's only what makes them happy is their purpose and the reason, then they don't even realize that there's a weakness that's kicking up in their lives because they're not even looking to hope. How many of us would be honestly open and transparent and say, I have struggled to try to find the thing that makes me happy? I'm sorry, I struggled for so many years looking for happiness until I found Christ. I struggled as I was looking for the one thing that would ever bring me a joy and bring me such satisfaction that allowed me to get through every single moment and every single trial that I've ever faced, and it was always going to be Christ. I was looking for purposes. I signed up for the military trying to find purpose. I signed up for nursing school for trying to find purpose. I signed up for anything I could, firefighting, whatever, trying to find purpose. But it wasn't until God met me one night when I was in a young age and he says, I have a purpose and a plan for you. I just ask that you surrender it to me. That's the weakness that we have to find. You see, weakness does not mean that you're weak. Right now, I'm weak. I can't do anything like I want to. My wife and I were hanging the new church sign up this weekend and I got so, so flustered as I'm trying to hold screws with my fingers that don't work right and I'm trying to do everything I can to get the drill in there, to drill the screws in and, and I was getting so flustered and all I could do in those moments was to think of one word and one word only. And I was like, Jesus, just help me for a moment because I need you right now. You see, some of us need to have those moments where we're looking to God and saying, God, I need you right now to give me hope and purpose and give me strength in my weakness. That's the problem within the church so much nowadays. The church looks more like the world when we walk in. When we walk in and we think, okay, I got it together. I'm perfect. 
I don't need it. I don't got no weaknesses. I don't got no imperfections. And I don't got nothing wrong with me. Let me tell you right now, I've known everybody that comes into this church, and I know we all got some sort of weakness. I'm not perfect, and I'm the pastor. Lord knows, I yell at my wife sometimes, not intentionally, and I get yelled right back at me. That right there is my weakness, because sometimes I get more flustered, and I, you know, I let it out before I even can only control in what I'm trying to let out and making sure it comes out in a nice smoothness. And it's just God that has to come in and fix me. But the other part is, is the surrender of what God is trying to get us to do. Because sometimes Christians think weakness is dependence. A dependency. Can I just be real, real quick? As a man, we have a tendency to say, I can do it. I don't need your help. I don't need to call you. I don't need this or this or this. But what I've learned in the Christian walk and what we have seen and what the Word keeps reminding us is that we need each other. That's why Paul, as he was writing it so elegantly, that we're the body of Christ. Many parts, all different functions, and that we need to work together to make this thing go through as we're walking in the true obedience of what God is asking us to do. The reason why the church is so here and still functioning is because the body of Christ is still active in the world today. I'm so thankful that Faith Fellowship is still active today in the world as we try to be obedient and try to fulfill what he's asked us to do. As we walk out into the community, we love our neighbor as ourselves, as we love God with everything that we have, but more importantly, as we walk with the integrity and the confidence that in our weaknesses, we have hope. And our weaknesses and our loneliness that we have somebody that's walking alongside of us. And his name is God because he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We have hope in those moments. We have the hope in the fact that we don't have to walk this walk alone any longer. We don't have to walk this walk alone any longer. Some of us have been so discouraged and so beat down and so thinking that we have no value, thinking that nobody loves us, that we don't have a purpose or nothing, and we think, okay, I'm just going to get through this day, and I'm just going to make it, and I'm just going to just put my head on the pillow and then just pray that tomorrow gets better. Let me tell you, there's so much more to it than that. There is so much depth to it than that. It's so much more impactful than that if we would allow God to get the glory in it. You see, we need to start walking around not looking like the Halloween characters we're going to see tomorrow and today. Where we put on this fake self. Where we put on this fake understanding that we think that we are all right. It's time for us to really take that self-evaluating look in the mirror and start saying, God, I need you to show me my weakness. Let me tell you, it's pretty humility. It brings some real severe humility into our lives as we look into the mirror. I know, ladies, you look in the mirror and you're like, I don't like my eyebrows. I got to pluck this or that. I got to get my lipstick just right. Men were like, oh, i got to look good in my beard, or if I have facial hair, i got to get it all trimmed up if I don't want facial hair. And we have all these different mentalities. Ladies, you look in the mirror and go, does this make me look fat? Men, we're just like, uh, I hope I can attract a lady. 
But the truth is, what I'm trying to say is the evaluation that God is trying to get us in the mirror to look at is His standard. It's His standard. You see, the original law in the Old Testament was one that was showing God's true love story for us in humanity. Because what God wanted to show you was you don't have to do it alone. You can walk according to my ways and my statutes, and even though you might not measure up to it, let me show you what my love does. It's like my own kids. They can do some crazy stuff, and I can yell at the top of my lungs at them and go up and down on them, but at the end of the day, they're still my kids. They're still my kids. They still get to call me dad or daddy or daddy-o or whatever they call me anymore nowadays because they keep changing, and I don't know why. What is it, Lid? Pastor dad. That's what happens when you have five daughters. They call you everything underneath the sun. But at the end of the day, they're still my kids. And at the end of the day, what we have to look at as we look at the Scripture, we can find that there is hope because the Word says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus and from the law of sin and death. You see, God's love as He calls you His own, as He adopted you into His sonship and His daughtership, He's saying that you have more value and even though you might mess up, even in your weakness, I will make you strong. Even in your doubt, I will give you purpose. Even in your dysfunction, I will show you perfection. If we would look at them, and if we would start asking God, God, what is it you want me to do today? God, what is it that you want me to get through today? And He's trying to wake us up, church. He's trying to show us that He wants us to go further and deeper and, and, and more depth with what He's got for us if we would just truly seek Him. But that's always going to come in the fact that we have to desire Him more than we desire ourselves. Colossians 3 and 2 says, Set your mind on the things above and not on the things of this earth. Set your minds on the things above and not on the things of this world. For us, it's hard. Can I just say it? It's hard. TikTok is distracting, Instagram is distracting, Facebook is distracting, all the social media, all the internet searches are distracting. Let alone you turn on the TV and you don't even want to watch the news, you don't want to watch this, or you want to get drowned out into a movie because it's easier to go that route. But what God is trying to say is if I've called you my son or daughter, I want you to realize that I gave you new life and a new purpose to walk above where you're at. You're supposed to start looking to the heavens and start asking, which where does my help come from? Which way am I going to go that I'm going to find purpose and joy and peace and patience and all this stuff only through the Holy Spirit that gives us? But we have to walk according to that. We have to pursue that with everything that we have, with every hunger and every thirst. But it always starts with the one moment. Can you guys guess what the one moment is, kiddos? Hey guys, kids, what is the one moment that God starts with? I hear Lizzie. Lizzie, what you got? It always starts with the one moment where we choose to surrender. Yes, Timmy. 
Oh, yeah. But the truth is, it's always going to start with a surrender. See, the one thing that God kept telling me this week to tell everybody, and I know this is going to be a shorter sermon because the kids want to go for candy, and we want to get the trunk or treats, and we're waiting on the bounce houses and all the stuff. But it's always going to come through the surrender of our hearts to Him. We have to go to a deeper acknowledgement that we are weak, but He will make us strong if we will just turn from our own ideas of what is right and start searching what He says is right. If we will start looking to the heavens and asking God to go deeper, only then can we find what the Scripture says where we will live according to the Spirit, which has got its mind set for the Spirit, and stop looking for the fleshly ways that only give us a small, simple gratification. A short-lived sugar high of a gratification. I'm sorry, I want to have a full-size meal, not just candy all the time. Can I get an amen? I'd rather have a full-size gospel, whole Holy Ghost moment right here, right now with God if it will satisfy my life for the week. I'd rather say, God, I need you right now in these moments, even when I'm weak, and show me that you will give me the power to watch my lips. To give me the power to watch my steps. To give me the power to watch my motions. And give me the strength to get through them so that I might be the representation of what He needs me to be. There's a reason I wore this sweatshirt this, mo- this morning. Trust me, my wife killed me when I bought it. I, I know, I'm no, I, I know, Timmy, I know. But what it says is I'd rather be heavenly known more than anything locally known. I don't care who knows me. I'd rather know that my God knows me, that He can mark me with His, His, His blood, that I know that I'd have salvation and a purpose. I need to know that. We need to know that, church. We don't need to look around at titles any longer. We don't need to look around at saying that this is what I need to do. No, if God says it, do it. If He doesn't, don't do it. We need to start letting our weaknesses get put in the strength of every word that God says. And start living it out in every single moment of our lives. But like I said, that starts at surrender. If you'll stand with me, I'm going to go ahead and close this up this morning. You see, the law was meant to bring us to understand what perfection is. When God finished the creation of the world and He made everything in it, He says it is good. Let me tell you right now, it is good. But it's only good if it's created and functioning in the proper way that God designed it. And what he's asking the church today is, do you want to be good? Do you want to be called good? Do you want to be called the sons and daughters of the Most High God? The one and only true God. Not this fake stuff. Not this worldly idea that you can do whatever you want. If that's you this morning and you want to say a prayer that just asks God to come in your heart and you want to do that this morning, just raise your hand with me this morning. Is there anybody? One. Is there anybody else this morning? Two. Is there anybody else? There's three, okay. Anybody else this morning? You see, right now, I'm already knowing because the Word says that the angels are already praising God for one lost soul that's coming into the realization that they need God to come in and just radically transform them to get them the understanding that they are the sons and daughters of God. So let's go ahead and just pray this prayer this morning. This truly means absolutely a bupkis if it doesn't really come from the pureness and the desires of your heart. 
Just so just say it with me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I need a Savior to make me perfect again. Because I'm a mess. But Jesus, you said you paid it all. That I might be free. And that I might be called son and daughter of God. So today, I surrender my life to you wholeheartedly. Use me, change me, and make me what you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we get a round of applause this morning? My clock says 11.30. I think that's a lie, Sister Mitchell. But anyway, we're so thankful that you guys came out this morning. I just want to go out and just love people. Because that's what the Word says to do. We're supposed to love everybody and let the Holy Spirit do what He needs to do in their lives. So let's just go out. Let's go have fun. Let's go be real. Let's go be what God calls us to be. And let's just let the church go out the building doors and just be the hands and feet. So Father God, Lord, I thank you for today, Lord. Lord, I praise you for what you've done today, Lord. I praise you for all the lives that you brought in the building, Lord, and those that are watching online. But God, I don't want to be so spiritually minded that I'm no earthly good. I don't think that's our intention either, God. Let us be what you need us to be, the hands and the feet, doing the fish and the loaves, Lord, in these events, Lord. And let us just love our neighbor as ourselves as they learn that they have a purpose and that they're cared for, God. Touch us, Lord, and empower us in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, church, let's go have some fun outside today. Get some hot dogs, some sodas, and all that stuff. And I'll see you out there.